Welcome to Health Hats, learning on the journey towards best health. I'm Danny Van Leeuwen, a two-legged, cisgender, old white man of privilege living in a food oasis who can afford many hats and knows a little bit about a lot of health care and a lot about very little. Most people wear hats one at a time, but I wear them all at once. We will listen and learn about what it takes to adjust to life's realities in the awesome circus of healthcare. Let's make some sense of all of this. All of us, from lay people to professionals, you, me, and our communities, we're totally unprepared for this novel virus with global and household impacts. Now, every day we try to drink from a fire hose of new information with clean information mixed in with the suspect. Even researchers who deal in information as their profession find it difficult to manage the delusion information to keep it clear clean, current, and relevant, we all find ourselves overwhelmed, confused, anxious, and mistrustful. And we all drink from different fire hoses, some more trustworthy than others. So question, how can those researching, writing, and sharing information about COVID-19 help people and their communities find guidance informed by research that answers their questions on living safely. Let's consider one scenario about one household. Carlos, 52, is an ICU nurse. He buses to work where he cares for COVID-19 patients. He lives with his sister and mom his sister manages her chronic arthritic pain as best she can while caring for their mother who's 80 and can't be left alone. She's suffering from early dementia. His sister takes their mother to the local senior center's respite program. Carlos and his sister worry about what would happen if Carlos brings the virus home from work. They worry about the risk of infection to his sister and mother as they travel back and forth to the senior center. They wonder, when do we need a COVID-19 test? Which test? How often do we need to get tested? Who pays for the test? What do we do if one of us is positive? The research industry tends to invest in answering questions arising from acute and emergent medical situations. They research drugs, therapeutics, procedures, devices, and behaviors. While lay people and communities tend to have questions about function, employment, caregiving, school, transportation, cost, and navigating the healthcare system. So, different priorities and very different fire hoses of information. So who are we that doing this work? 
We are a small band of volunteers who met through a CDC initiative called Adapting Clinical Guidelines for the Digital Age. We are clinicians, patient caregiver activists, scientists, and data geeks. And of course, we are also parents, children, partners, neighbors, colleagues, patients, and caregivers. During any crisis, especially an epidemic, people first identify as family and community members. Next, people identify by their skills, their occupation, their experience, and their credentials. I'm a clinician, I'm a scientist, I'm an employee, I'm a boss, etc., etc. So that's who we are chewing on this awesome dilemma. And we met to consider the impact of COVID-19 on lay people and their communities, our communities. We were commiserating. Our families, friends, and neighbors were seeking us out to answer questions they had about living safely during the pandemic. What did we know? How could we advise them? What should they do? They sought us out because we were relative experts, meaning we may have had about a 15-minute advantage on them, but really no more. This small band of volunteers partnered with similar experts who focused on COVID-19 in acute care and medical office settings. Those partners rightfully prioritized saving lives and managing medical care. We knew, however, that most medical decisions, in fact, most COVID-19 decisions, would be managed entirely outside of medical settings. We gravitated towards that gap. As otherwise overcommitted sailors in wildly underexplored waters, we needed a clear vision of our destination as we could muster. We knew that our existing appreciation of the concepts around patient-centered care were insufficient, so we needed a more nuanced definition. Next, who specifically were our end users? End users are the people who eventually use the tools we begin to develop. Who was our audience? The audience are people who would partner and collaborate with us and may have already developed valuable tools and methods. We don't want to recreate the wheel. What would be our ask? The ask is the actions we hope this series motivates you to do right now. What would a map look like? What work products should we, could we create? So everywhere we go, we hear patient-centered this and person-centered that. What does it even mean? In short order, buzzwords wear thin. Think patient engagement, silos, gig economy, buzzwords. But don't get us wrong. We wholeheartedly support efforts like the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute and the Patient-Centered Clinical Decision Support Learning Network. We endorse the IOM, that's the Institute of Medicine, definition for patient-centered, providing care that is respectful of and responsive to individual patient preferences, needs, and values, and ensuring that patient values guide all clinical decisions. Immediately, we became overwhelmed by the breadth and complexity of COVID-19 and the diversity of individuals and communities affected. Everyone's preferences, needs, and values is daunting. To manage, we needed to understand significant characteristics of that diversity in relation to COVID-19 safe living. 
So for the purposes of this work, let's start with understanding people and hearing their questions and concerns and then move into the IOM definition. We are person first. So who are we doing this for? Who are the end users? Appreciating the tremendous diversity of lay people, we determined that everyone was too big a target and that it is presumptuous to think that we could have a profound understanding of all communities. Perhaps people who help people in their communities could be our end users, patient and caregiver advocates, leaders in peer communities, lay experts, community resources, think 15 minute advantage. Yeah, let's call them community resources. So who is our audience? Since this small, mighty band of volunteers started out by meeting in the computerized clinical decision support, CDS space, we wanted to enlist our colleagues to expand their view of CDS and work with us. So our audience became the CDS and research industry and stakeholders including patients, caregivers, clinicians, and communities. As an example, Datavant and many other organizations assembled the COVID-19 research database in an effort to make real-world data available to researchers to better understand and mitigate the pandemic. Anyone can submit ideas for questions they think researchers should investigate. To incorporate the layperson's perspective, we worked with Datavant to provide a list of research questions that we crowdsourced from friends, family, and colleagues including who needs a COVID test? How long after I test positive do I have to be quarantined? How much will a COVID test cost me? If a test shows that I have antibodies to COVID-19, am I safe? Okay, so why are we doing this work? Why explore something we know we can't finish? This mighty band of volunteers has neither the bandwidth nor the resources to sustain this journey. Our goal is to open a door, interest, no, excite people to come on board, work with us, and carry it on to a sustainable conclusion. We don't know what the end might look like. So once again, we want lay people to be able to find evidence-informed guidance they can trust about challenges in their community, like COVID-19. A home run would be finding someone, some people, dying to grow this discovery process, find funding, build or join coalitions, develop, disseminate, and implement tools and methods. So move it along. So here's our roadmap so far. Identify personas, understand preferences and needs, consider questions frequently asked, find evidence-informed guidance, address gaps, find partners, build tools, share. This is sharing. Now a word about our sponsor, Abridge. Use Abridge to record your doctor visit. Push the big pink button and record the conversation. Read the transcript or listen to clips when you get home. Check out the app at abridge.com. A-B-R-I-D-G-E dot com. Or download it on the Apple App Store 
or Google Play Store. Record your healthcare conversations. Let me know how it went. So in the next section, we introduce the first stop in our journey, identifying personas. In subsequent posts and episodes, we'll discuss other stops. So personas, person first. To start with people while respecting diversity, we realized that we needed to create personas, characteristics common across many different groups of people. We landed unscientifically on density of living and working, presence of symptoms of COVID and high risk existing conditions, job risk, and geography as persona characteristics. And we developed seven different personas, including Carlos. You can see those personas in the show notes. In summary, to hit a home run, our mighty band of volunteers hopes to find someone, some people, dying to grow this discovery process, find funding, build or join coalitions, and move this project along. In subsequent posts, we will continue to share our unfunded journey of discovery. We will consider the questions people have about safe living, the gaps in evidence-informed guidance, the challenges of finding what's needed, when it's needed, in a useful and trustworthy manner. Part two covers questions, gaps, and findability. And we move on to trust and recommendations in part three. In part four, we will likely interview current and potential partners working on aspects of this challenge. We seek to promote a dialogue within the research community and between researchers and laypeople and their communities. Here, we are planting a seed for person first. Want to enroll somehow? Know of a place for us to cross post our print, video, or audio stories? Communicate with us at tech.safeliving at gmail.com. Use the hashtag SafeLivingPandemic on Twitter or check out our website. It's in development www.safeliving.tech. This post was written by me, Danny Van Leeuwen, Health Hats, and Laura Martial. We received contributions and inspiration from Cynthia LaRouge, Ellen Schultz, Judy Thomas, June Levy, Kelly Reeves, Maria Michaels, Michael Middleman, Michael Waters, Natalka Slavage, Samimuddin Syed, Sharon Hibbe, and Victoria Lyon. Thanks. Onward. See the show notes, previous podcasts, and other resources on my website, www. 
health-hats.com slash pod. Please subscribe or contribute. If you like it, share it. Thanks. See you around the block.